There's a passage in the Bible that makes every mom angry. And we just read it. And that's where Jesus has the nerve to say, no, you don't have to wash your hands. Every mom is a wash your hands evangelist. Wash your hands. Did you wash your hands? Let me see those hands. And here comes Jesus and says, you don't have to wash your hands. And it's not quite like that, but it looks like that. And so you can read this. And I, even while we were reading the scripture, I could feel the heat from, from moms getting a little angry at, at Jesus for daring to say such a thing. Jesus had just gotten a question from the Pharisees. Here's the question. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But Jesus answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your traditions? So what they're saying is, Jesus, your disciples offend us. They offend our traditions. And Jesus says, your traditions offend God. And then he goes on to talk about that and uh, further on down. And then later on in the passage, he, he makes this statement, verse 11, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. It's not what you eat that gets you into trouble. It's what comes out of your mouth that gets you into trouble. And not just your words, because he gives a list down in verse 19. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts. Yes, that's obvious to us. Murders. Murders. Murders come from the heart. Yeah, murders start in the heart. Adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, uh, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things that mess you up. These are the things that defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Jesus was making a vital point to the Pharisees. The Pharisees thought that everything was about the outside. And Jesus was saying, it's all about the inside. Your life isn't messed up, Pharisees, because your hands are dirty. Your life is messed up because your heart is filthy. Okay, so not really a thought that you've never heard before. There's nobody here probably say, wow, I never thought of that. But what I would like for us to do for just a few minutes, very brief message tonight, what I would like for us to do is to take this thought that we're already all familiar with and go deeper with it. Ponder it a little further. I want to encourage you that when you face the challenges of life, you ought to check your own heart first. Your greatest need always, always is, Lord, change me. 
Now, I'm, I'm not the expert on this, but I did tell you this morning that on top of my prayer list, at the top of my prayer list is, Lord, work mightily in me today. That's based on Colossians chapter 1. Lord, work wisdom in me today. That's the first thing I ask God to do every day. Work wisdom in me. And then a number of things. Work faith in me. Work holiness in me. And I literally mean that by the end of this day, I want to be wiser than I am at the start of the day. I literally mean by the end of this day, I want holiness to be more who I am than it was at the start of the day. My greatest need is, Lord, change me. When you face a conflict, when you face a challenge, is it your first thought, Lord, change me? And it's a hard concept to grasp because it's so easy to blame. It's so easy if I have a conflict with Brother Steve because he's here on the front row, so we're going to have a conflict. It's so easy to say, man, to walk away and say, man, I just can't believe what he did. I can't believe what he said. It's so easy to blame everyone else for my failures. And that's the quick reaction of our human nature, our wicked self, our wicked flesh. But Jesus said, if you would stop pointing and look within, out of your heart proceeds all the things that defile you. That's where the problem is. Here's a very difficult lesson to learn. That nothing that you do can make me sin. Nothing that you can do can force me to fail. Over the years, I've asked people this in, in counseling just to kind of see where they're at. Unless they've heard me say it before, then they know what the answer is. But somebody will come in and just, you know, uh, man, my problem is Bob. You know, Bob is just kill, he's real, he's killing me, destroying me, everything. Bob this, Bob that. And so when they're done, I, let me ask a question. Can Bob keep you from God's perfect will for your life? Oh, yeah, he is, he is keeping me from God's perfect will. And I don't always stop to try to persuade the person that, no, nobody can keep you from God's perfect will. Nobody can. Nobody can make you backslide. Nobody can make you have a bad attitude. The only place where that happens is right here. Okay, man, every time I get around Brother Steve, I get cranky. Now, that doesn't mean that, that maybe Brother, God doesn't need to work on Brother Steve, or better yet, God, Brother Steve doesn't need to let God work on him. But maybe God lets you interact with somebody who triggers you so that you will get the healing in your heart that you need. I do not want to live my life 
saying, yeah, I got a lousy attitude, but it's all these people that I can't stand. Oh, yeah, you, I can see the Holy Spirit just, just beaming. Now, let me give you something to think about, and I want you to hear me carefully. Not always is the problem in your heart a sin problem. Let me give you an example. When, okay, see if you can say in one word, somebody just shout out, the location of the greatest conflict in Jesus' life. Anybody take a shot? I think it's Gethsemane. Yeah. I can't imagine any place where he had a greater conflict in, in Gethsemane. What did Jesus do there? What's the famous prayer that he prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane when he's facing the greatest conflict of his life? Father, not my will, but thine be done. Now, had Jesus been living in sin? No. Did Jesus need to get his heart right with God? No. So what was that? That was Jesus applying what he's telling the disciples, or what, the, what he's telling, yeah, the disciples here about the Pharisees. It's not the cross that's going to defile me. It's not the whipping that's going to defile me. It's not the crown of thorns that's going to defile me. What would defile me would be if I didn't do the will of my Father. And so as I look at what I know is coming, isn't it amazing? Even, even as Jesus is pondering becoming sin, he, which I still, I, I have pondered that for hours and hours and hours in my lifetime. The sinless one becoming sin. I think that's the great spiritual nuclear bomb of all time. The righteous, the embodiment of righteousness becoming the embodiment of sin. Even as he knew he was about to have to do that, he still wanted to proceed sinlessly. And he says, Father, not my will, but thine be done. By the way, how long did he pray there? I just noticed this recently as I was reading the Bible. He came back to Peter, James, and John, who were sleeping, right? And he says to them, could ye not watch with me? What? One hour. How many times did he come back? Three times. I believe Jesus prayed in that garden for three hours wrestling that great spiritual wrestling match. But what was his concern? Not my will, but thine be done. Even Jesus, who knew no sin, looked inward. If Jesus had to look inward in his greatest struggle, how much more should I be looking inward at the face of every struggle? We are such blamers we are such excuse makers we refuse 
to look inside. Now look, your heart may not be the source of the conflict. Brother Steve stands up and cusses me out right now. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't ask for that. He's the source. But my heart is at the root of the conflict. Or I should say my heart is at the root of the solution. You understand you can have somebody get in your face and cuss you out and cause you all kinds of problems. There is a solution. And the root of the solution is your heart. So the problem is in my heart. Because if this thing's going to be solved, I've got to look inward. I've got to look into my heart. The storms around you are not the problem. The storms within you are the problem. You read the story of Jesus walking on the water and he comes to the boat. And before he calms the storm, he calms the disciples. And most of us, we, we think of the storms in our lives. We go, look, Lord, I don't need peace in here. I need peace out here. And God says, no, you need peace in there. And how many believers spend their lives chasing victory out here somewhere? And God's trying to get you to look inward and see that it's not the things around you that are messing you up. So if you could find the victory on the inside, then what's happening on the outside wouldn't matter so much, would it? Think about the extreme difficulties that soldiers of the faith have faced over the centuries. Can you imagine the, the, the they say as many as, as 50 million, 50 million believers were martyred during the Dark Ages. Can you imagine Christians being burned at the stake? And it's funny how we will quote, not funny, but I mean, it's, it's, it's an eye-opener, how we will quote believers burned at, burning at the stake. The very fact that we know their dying words and repeat them and are so, wow, we're so awed by the dying words of martyrs shows that they had won the inner victory. They got the inner peace. You think if you were tied to a post and they were putting kindling wood at your feet and some guy comes over with a torch and sets it on fire, do you think that those are ideal circumstances? Do you think you'd have the presence of mind to say, oh God, please, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We, we'd like to think that that's what we'd be saying. But most of us would be at best saying, ah! or even worse than that. We like, um, I pray you'll strike these blankety blanks dead. You say, oh, I would never say that. If you don't have peace in your storm today, that's probably about what you'd be saying and what I'd be saying. 
I am, I'm, I'm reminding us tonight. Jesus said, the problem's in your heart. And he even writes off the Pharisees. What a tragedy. I would imagine being written off by the Son of God. They said, oh, Lord, they were so offended. They're, um, they're not of God. They're going to be plucked up anyway. Don't concern yourselves with them. Wow. How's your peace? How's the storm in your heart? You may have 50 people in your life causing you turmoil and strife right now. But one of the hardest lessons to learn is you can have peace even when you're surrounded by people attacking you. You can. You can. You'll never escape your problems. You must get the victory in your heart. Very simple thought tonight, and I told you it's going to be brief. I'm just about done. But the storm that seems to be raging on the outside, if you're freaking out about the storm, the storm is not the problem. Your heart's the problem. If you could let God teach you not to freak out at every storm, you might get to the place where you don't notice the storm so much anymore. It's, it's an amazing thing to be around really seasoned, mature Christians, and they don't panic at the things that I panic about. Let me close just by pointing this out to you. I really am so weary of watching these videos of just people just acting like total maniacs. I saw one, I mean, I've seen so, and I, I got to a place really where, where I just try to keep my distance. But, you know, I'm trying to go through and find, yeah, hey, praise the Lord, had somebody saved today. But you, you go past that and you see a woman <laughs> standing up on the counter in a fast food place screaming at the guy behind the counter because he's not getting her food fast enough. Standing on the counter. Cussing them out and blaming white privilege and, you know, white privilege. Because you didn't get your chicken nuggets in time? Really? That's, that's white privilege? And I don't want to get into all the, the nonsense of all this. But here, I see these people. I saw another one that somebody, somebody put of, of um, this, this, this is idiot with a fishing pole. And this isn't funny. Please don't laugh at it. With a fishing pole. And on the end of the fishing pole, he had a donut. And he's walking up and down the street, and it looked like D.C., I'm not sure, putting the donut in the face of every police officer he sees. He's going, here, I'm going to feed the pigs. You want a donut? And all kinds of nonsense. You've seen the nonsense. It's on the news. It's everywhere. There's some portion of our society that is just going insane. And it's, it's not ideological. It's just flat-out rebellion. It's people thinking they can get away with anything and giving it a try. But I see these folks. And I know you're, you're probably going to think, oh, pastor, come on. That's too much compassion. My heart breaks for them. My heart breaks for them because I know that the stupidity on the outside 
is because of the storm on the inside. Have you seen the mug shots of some of these people? Oh, my goodness. You look at them and you go, how was that person raised? What, what, what kind of what kind of storm is going on on the inside that that rage and that craziness is coming out on the outside? I'll use this illustration. We'll be all done. But I heard, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago about a missionary named Spencer Smith who has a, a YouTube channel. And he makes some very timely videos just about doctrine, about current events, about uh, the state of, of the American church and so forth. But I heard him the other day talking about, um, what's her name, Billie Eilish. He did a whole video on her. Uh, if you watch it, just be prepared. He pronounces her name wrong. But, um, but he got to the end of just talking about just how hellish her whole uh, career, or whatever you call it, is. And then he said this. He said, uh, you know, I heard she grew up in, I think he said, L.A. He said, I have to wonder, and he started to cry. He said, I have to wonder how different her life would be if one day a soul winner had knocked on her door and told her mom and dad about Jesus. Now, by the way, we don't know that they didn't and that they said no, but how different her life would be. That's the perspective that I'm talking about. The insanity. Yes, we can look at it through political eyes and it's maddening. But we're supposed to look at it through Christ's eyes. And when you do, you'll see that there's a storm on the outside because there's a storm on the inside. Now, time out. They all need to be prosecuted. I'm not, I'm not saying, to me, there's no, there's, there's no one or the other. Christians need to be getting the gospel to people seeing their lives change. The government needs to be doing their job. So this is not, oh, we ought to have compassion, let them do what they want. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I am saying as servants of Jesus Christ, hey, if we can't solve their storm now, maybe it's too late for them. We should still try. But at the same time, we ought to find the next four, five, six, seven-year-old who's going to grow up on those same lies. And maybe there's a chance, maybe there's a chance that they avoid the craziness. I'm saying to you all the way around what Jesus was telling the Pharisees, what he was telling the disciples. Uh, don't get so worked up about not washing your hands. Now, look, boys and girls, wash your hands, okay? I need to put that disclaimer in there. Um, but but don't, don't get so, Jesus was telling them, don't get so worked up about these outward traditions. Get worked up about what's in your heart. And I say to you tonight, if you want to fix things in your life, if you want to fix relationships, if you want to fix struggles and turmoil and strife, focus on your heart. 